Hello, and welcome to Vibrant Life Allies, the podcast that introduces you to coaches, experts, entrepreneurs, anyone who can help you live life more vibrantly. I'm Lisa, the life coach, your host, and an anxiety coach. Today, I had an amazing guest on, Dr. Victor Manzo Jr. He's a certified pediatric chiropractor, and he is a coach for entrepreneurs. I really enjoyed this episode today. He really said a lot of things that I I said in the interview. I was like, ah, I really need to go just think about this. But, you know, we talked about neuroscience and the importance of mindset for every aspect of life and also how to create and understand the importance of a vision in your life. And, you know, if you are one of those people who feels like you're always busy and never getting anything done, or even if you're in that analysis paralysis, this is an answer for you, um, understanding the importance of vision and mindset in your life. So check out this episode. If it resonates with you, if you're interested in more, you can get Dr. Vic's info in the show notes. Check out his podcast, The Mindful Experiment, as well as his two books, Rediscover Your Greatness and A Walk in the Dark. I know you're going to enjoy this, so I'll let you get to it and have a great day. Live life vibrantly. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm your host, Lisa, the Life Coach, and I have an amazing guest for you again, and I will let him introduce himself. Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Vic. I am a certified pediatric chiropractor. I'm also a a mindset coach and an inspirational speaker, an author, and also a podcast host. And so I think that's all I have. So yes, (laughs) that's who I am. So I'm, I'm excited to be here and excited to be on. Well, thank you for being here with us today. We appreciate it. And we look forward to getting to know you a bit. So this is not what you're here for today, but what is it like to be a a pediatric chiropractor? It's awesome. It's fun. I get to be a big kid every day adjusting kiddos. And it's amazing because I'm a big kid myself, so I don't get judged really that much by them. Actually, the more kiddish I am with acting, they uh, actually go with it more. So it's kind of a lot of fun. Kind of made gear shifts in my career about five years ago where we just seen the health of kids just declining like crazy and the rates were unreal and autism rates and all these other things. And I was like, all right, I got to look into this and see what can I do to kind of shift that gear a little bit and be something of an influence to, to kind of turn that around. And so we did that about five, six years ago, and it's been great. And I wanted to get my certification, just got it about three, four months ago to just kind of back it up a little bit, just be like, okay, here's, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing here a little bit. And it's fun. It's 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 literally, like I said, being a big kid all day, every day in the office is absolutely a lot of fun and I enjoy it. It sounds great. Fun and rewarding. Totally. I mean, where else can you go where you don't get judged? I mean, kids don't, well, they could judge you. Uh, it just depends. But the younger ones, they just know they're like, you be silly. They're silly with you. And it's like, this is cool. I love it. Well, I think that's one of the great things about even when kids do judge is we see how our mind works, our mindset. You know, when someone judges us as an adult, we make it mean something about us. When a kid is like, oh my gosh, you look old. Okay. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not going to have thoughts about me or about what the kid is. Okay. That and that's an obser- observation. The end. It's interesting to bring that up too cuz it is so true. Like you're just like, "Oh, they're just innocent, right? The innocence of children." 
And it's just like, why can't we have that same thought process when adults do it? Right. Just, just, they just, you know, they're coming from a different filter, but we, we internalize that and we personalize it. And then we, we let that ruin our whole day just by one little thing where if a kid does it, you're like, it's just a kid, no biggie. Exactly. So that's probably good practice for you then (laughs) being with them. It is. That's one aspect of you. Tell us about Dr. Vic as a coach. Yeah. So I've always had a fascination with how life works. I remember when I was 12 years old, I told my mom, I'm going to figure out how life is. I'm going to like, and she just looked at me. She's like, okay. And I was, and she kind of just rubbed it off. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it a mission of mine to figure out how life works. I want to understand how life works to, to all aspects. And it didn't happen until I got into chiropractic school where I started to get into elements. I, 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 as I was going to become a chiropractor, I was also doing energy medicine. So I became a Reiki master and trainer. I was doing a different, about 10 to 11 different energy healing modalities. I was studying universal laws and spiritual laws and laws of nature. And, and I wanted to just see and understand how we as humans work, how we operate, how, why is it one person successful while someone isn't, but they sometimes the one who isn't has more talent. And I wanted to just kind of see if I could put a formula together or something just so it could help me. That's what I was really doing it for because I came from a family where we didn't have a lot of financial abundance at all. Blue collar family. And I saw the struggles my parents with every day. My dad had two jobs. I hardly would ever see them. And the struggles my mom had working at home. And then also this, and I just didn't want to have that for my life. So I was using that as my way out to kind of break away from that. And it wasn't until when I got out of chiropractic school, I started looking back and saying, I see all these interconnections. I'm like, hold on. I studied the brain. I know neuroscience. I know functional neurology. I was like, what if I look at that? And let me see if that connects with spiritual laws. Let me see if that connects with universal laws. And then all of a sudden, and they all started to tie in and I'm going, wow, this is actually, this is pretty cool because what happens in one area of life, that actually is a chain connection and that affects other areas also. And so that's where the mindset training started to come into where I started looking at my own mindset because your inner world really is, your outer world is just an expression and a showing of what's going on in your inner world. And like in one of the things is like Lao Tzu says is that mastering others is strength. One of my favorite quotes, mastering others is strength, but mastering yourself is true power. And with that quote, I was always like, okay, how do you master yourself? And it's always going to the mind. If you want to have discipline, well, it's in the mind. If you want to have, you know, like the secret came out talking about the law of attraction, the law of vibration. Well, it's your thoughts, your pressing, most pressing thoughts tied with your emotions. Isn't it great? It's kind of part of the formula, but kind of create your reality. So it's like, oh my goodness, there's, there's these things that are tying together. Okay. How do we shift the mindsets to help people thrive? And that's where I did it with my own life got, became successful with that. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I want to be able to help entrepreneurs and chiropractors do the exact same thing. And that's kind of how, where I've gone in my coaching career with that. Wow. And that's great because you have something that I don't see a lot. You know, you usually have people who are more into the spiritual side or what some people call woo. And then people who are very, you know, into the science and you don't see a lot of people who, who have the ability to connect the two. My spiritual teacher at 25 used to say, she's like, I don't understand. She goes, I don't understand how you work. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing where you're going with this. And she's like, well, hear me out. She's like, you're very scientific and logical and you're in a world of very scientific and logic, but yet you're extremely spiritual. Because how's that happen? I go, I don't know. I go, I love intuition. I've trust my intuition. I, I went away from it for a very long time. And then I brought it back into my life. But I was like, it's just, we live in a world that's very left brain dominant, right? We're information era. So everything's there. So when we hear that woo stuff, it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's way out there. 
But if I twist it and put quantum physics on it, how can you say it's woo-woo now? Right? How can you judge that if we have scientific principles now that are coming? Like one of the examples is, is like if you talk about the aura, everyone's like, what's an aura? That's that's just it's an energy field around you. Oh, uh, that's woo-woo stuff. I don't know. Okay, well, let's go to the science. Science says they call it a biophotonic field or a morphogenic field. Those are different terminologies in different sectors where science calls it that. They've proven it, they can show it, and we know that it exists. But if we call it an aura, people are like, hmm, I don't know what that means. But, you know, because they, they still have that, sometimes have their, pre, their mindset. And then, uh, then when I bring out the science to it and say, well, there's different names for it in different studies. Here it is, and when we just look at it from natural, in science itself. And then they're like, interesting. Okay. And I'm like, that's the science. So it, it's not just woo anymore. And that's why I love quantum physics so much because we're finally at a point in, in our time in human, human history where the four or 5,000 year old ancient wisdom that they used to know and share. Well, science is finally marrying that. And they're kind of proving that they had it right all along. And so now this is a beautiful time to how we're like the, the merging of the two are happening. Right. And that's really good. And that's kind of how I always look at it. I'm like, well, maybe there's something that we don't or I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I always tell my I tell people too, like, you know, because I used to be the guy who like, wanted to know as much as I can and all this information and all these different things. And my ego would play games with me on that. And then eventually reality hit and I started reading some science about how much we actually really know. And this is why I always keep an open mind to everything. Even the most some people would tell me something and my wife will look and go, you actually are going to listen to that. I'm like, listen. I go, I don't know. I go, I know nothing really. If you really think about all the information that exists, and if you look at it from a statistical standpoint, I know nothing. I absolutely don't know a, a dang thing. So I'm like, because I think the percentage is like 0.00001% of all the information is out there, which your mind can handle. So it's like, or can, can, can keep at one time. So it's like, yeah, I don't know anything really. So I'm always open-minded to listen and let my, you know, use my filters to filter that information through. But I'm like, I think that's where you get that. The, the beauty, the other side of that is not being closed-minded allows you to grow. And just like children, the reason why they learn so fast is because they're curious. And that's one, if you listen to all the best memory guys, out, people out there, not just guys, there's women doing this too, but people out there who like tell you how to build a working memory, they tell you one of the biggest things you have to have is curiosity. You have to have, you got to be curious. And when you're curious, you're going to attain information faster. I like that. Curiosity is coming up in a lot of the things that I'm studying and working with now as well. So that's interesting to see that that also plays an important role in, in memory. But yeah, just having that open mind that I don't know everything, that that's a, it's a really great quality to have. Well, when you're like in the healing world, like in chiropractic, it's one of the things where like patients will ask me, how long do you think it's going to take before I start to feel better? I don't know. You know, and before I would give them answers because I'm like, well, it's going to be about this time to this time. And then it doesn't happen. And then all of a sudden, who looks bad? I do. And then I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. I'm predicting and thinking that this is going to be their experience, taking their experience and tying into everyone else's when chiropractic's like yoga, it's an individual journey. So then I'm going, I don't know when it's going to get there. And, and I tell my patients straight up, straight forward, like, I don't know how, when that's going to happen, but I do know this, as long as we do the work and we stay consistent, it will happen. I know we'll get there. It's just like business. You don't know when you're going to have that breakthrough and all of a sudden start to see the, the you know, go from red to black in, in your account. But as long as you continue to do the work, it's going to happen. There's laws that support that. I and mean, even that's a neurological law. The more you keep instantly putting input into the brain, eventually there's going to come a point. It's going to stick. It's going to wire that way. And then all of a sudden, now you've created new pathways to a certain area. Wow. 
That was an, amazing how you connected that. And and it reminded me of a, a quote you sent over in, in your stuff. If this is true, then it has to work. Explain what, what does that mean to you? So if it's true, it's got to work is that, you know, one of the things is you got to believe it inside, right? But when you all of a sudden, you know, I'll pull a little quantum physics in this because this is kind of how it works. If you think something, let's say take the word true and just say this is going to happen rather than this is not going to happen, right? Because if this is going to happen, you think it's going to happen. That's true. But you can also think it's not. Quantum physics had an, uh, an experiment called the observer effect. And basically, long story short, what it is, is scientists were looking at a wave particle and they were looking at and seeing if the wave, not particle, I'm sorry, a wave pattern and seeing when does it turn, if it turns the particle. Now, just to kind of explain the difference between the two, wave is infinite potential. It's anything. It can, it's just, it's, un, it's, it's basically uh, limitless. There's endless potential and it's also non-physical. You can't see it. But what happened was is they wanted to look to see when they went to look, all of a sudden they would see a particle, light particle show up. And so all of a sudden it was every time they kept observing, they would see what they were looking for. They've done other studies where they looked at like electron spins and they would look to see which way was the electron spinning, left or right. Now, if you guys remember in chemistry class, you know, when you look at the electron cloud because they're spinning so fast, it looks like, or they're just moving so fast, it looks like a cloud. So when the scientists were looking to see, okay, this scientist said, I'm going to see the electron turning, spinning right, it would spin right. Now, when they looked and said, well, if it's going to spin left, they would look and see, and it was spinning left. So it's it's the mind affecting matter. So we're actually influencing it in some way. So those two there, right there alone, if you believe something to be true, or if you see something being a certain way, it's going to be. That's just how way things work. There's other rules that kind of lie to that. So like neurologically, you're hearing this now, like a lot of self-development I'm starting to hear, or personal development, self-help people are sharing something in the brain called the reticular activating system, otherwise known as RAS. I like how I'm starting. I've been hearing it for the last couple of years. I'm like, all right, people are starting to talk about this. For those who don't know, that is a master filter of your brain. And what that means is that your brain is processing millions of bits of information per second. And what this does is it actually filters out what's not important to you and only allows in what you value. So here's how you can dictate your life and your experience. Going back to if it is true, it will be, right? So Again, if you see your, if you see the, like every opportunity in life, like this is what people like people who I have say has a very good money mindset or money consciousness. They always see opportunities no matter what's negative, right? Look at what happened during COVID, the, the highest, all the billionaires, I think they doubled their income overall on average during this time where we would all look at that. Like this is going through a hard time. People are going through a pandemic. But in their world, they saw it totally different and they had the experience of that being different. Whether that was manipulated or not, I'm not going into that. But when I'm talking about their, their wealth, but long story short, I mean, I had clients I worked with who couldn't work anymore. They had businesses that they were they couldn't practice, they couldn't work. One was in a salon. Uh, salons were shut down. And we had the whole, we worked on this whole mindset thing of saying, okay, hold on, let's redirect, let's redirect your focus. And once we did that, three months later, she had a whole new business starting. And I was talking to her about a month ago. And last year, she was like, yeah, I can, this year, she's like, I can, she has to move. And she's like, I can go anywhere I want. This is the craziest thing. I can go and live anywhere. And I, I've created this business and everything with it. And I'm like, pretty cool compared to where you were last year, isn't it? So again, if you see, if you can see it in the mind's eye, there's another law, this is a spiritual law. If you can see it in your mind's eye, then your eyes are going to be able to see, it. we'll be able to see, we'll see it also eventually. So how, and I'm sure you can't break down the whole process, but what are some tips that people can use to tap into that? First is you got to believe it, right? Belief is very powerful. So you have to, 
when you say it, listen to what the response is. Usually a lot of people get a knee-jerk reaction. And the knee-jerk reaction is your inner critic. So it's going to be the programming things that you've been told, either from your parents or from friends or from your upbringing. It's these mental constructs that have been programmed in your mind to you thinking this, it, it's that pullback or, you know, their limits in a sense in you. And we all have them. They're in our subconscious mind. And so if you get that knee-jerk reaction, that's the one you got to work on. And so you have to believe inside the know you can do that. You got to believe in yourself first. And that's the biggest one I think out of all, because that's going to create the energy that's going to create the emotions and so forth. And you want to be mindful of your thoughts of this, right? So there's going to be times it's going to come, especially it's easy to, in the beginning, when you're thinking of something big, like I want to have a million dollar business or whatever it may be. You get excited. You start thinking about all the things that can happen, right? And that's all great. But when it comes to things like when you're pushing that out to the universe, you also want to see who do you have to be to create that? A lot of times we get caught up in the whole, I'm going to have a million dollars. I'm going to focus there. And the problem is, is, and I, th- I was listening, I had an interview with someone who's talking about how visualization doesn't work. And I was going, hold up. I have a whole ebook on visualization. I'm like, I don't, I know visualization works. Let's dive into this. I want to understand where you're coming from. And the way he broke it down was really nice because he said that a lot of times when people visualize success and they try to visualize that, like the million dollar business or whatever that may be, he goes, they fail because in their mind, they did, they already done the work then they didn't think about themselves doing the work. He goes, if you visualize who you have to be in doing the work, that's the ones who actually have better success. And I said, that makes perfect sense to me because it's like, you're, you're kind of like already getting excited of something that's not there instead of, okay, who do I have to be? Who do I have to, what do I have to do every single day? So you want to be monitoring your thoughts because especially when something comes negative or brings back that fires up that old wound inside or that programming, you're going to want to go negative very quickly. So you want to make sure you're being aware of your thoughts with that. Second, look at your habits, look at what you're spending time at. Because that's where you're going to unveil, you know, because wherever you put your focus to in life is what you're going to create. It's one of those laws that state that wherever attention goes, energy flows, and wherever energy flows, manifestation grows, right? You are life. So when you are putting focus to something, you're giving life to it. You can think of this as something like if there's someone who aggravated you or who's someone who you don't like, notice how you pay attention to every little thing that annoys you because you keep putting the energy into the things that annoy you. Just like somebody who you think is funny and you're around them, notice how you just easily laugh in front of them all the time. And they might even say a joke that's that funny, but you'll laugh because you're putting your attention to the most littlest thing. And so this is the same thing when it comes to creating or redirecting your life is that you want to make sure that you're paying it to focusing into what it is that you really, really want to see happen and keep your centeredness there. Because a lot of times we let distractions get in the way with our time and so forth. And time's the easiest to look at. Look at where you're putting your time. Because you got to do, there's the being side of it, which is making your thoughts and emotions in alignment. But then there's also the doing side of it, which is going to be, what are your actions that are showing and are they aligning with what you want to create? Because if they're not aligning, you're not, if I want to go, I'm in Chicago. So if I want to go to New York and take a road trip, but all of a sudden, instead of going East, I go West. It doesn't matter how much work I do to try to go to New York. I'm not going to get there because I'm going the total opposite way. Right. So that beingness is kind of like setting you in that direction and saying, here, we'll make it easy. Here's the path. Now you just got to show up and do the work. I hope that helps kind of give a little bit of a, a blueprint, I guess, for uh, for answering that question. Yeah, no, that was that was very good. And so taking that overview, if we can, you know, maybe break it down a little bit. So give us an example of, of something that someone comes to you as a coach with and you help them 
like a mindset thing that you help them through that and how it things change for them? My tagline is always like, I help chiropractors and entrepreneurs like double their income within 12 months, right? Or I have an accelerated program where I teach them how to do that. And so my whole program is showing them and showing the entrepreneur how they're creating incongruencies in their life. So one of the first things I work on is vision of your life. Like you can call it, some people call this like their, your eulogy, what's your eulogy, right? Things like that. And so it's very similar. Like, who do you want to be? What's your purpose? Why are you here? What's your main vision of your entire life? And I, I work with people on that. We, we do a whole process to get crystal cut and clear. And then we start breaking that down into other areas of their life that all have to align with that one. When we do that, when it comes to the spiritual side of law of attraction or creating things in our life, you have to be in alignment. If you're not in alignment, it's not saying you can't create still, it's just going to be or manifest. It's just going to be a lot more work and way harder to get there. But when you're in alignment, all of a sudden you're following the path of least resistance. So all of like for, you know, when that starts to happen, you don't have to work as hard. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm against like the whole, if you listen to a lot of personal developer people and especially in the business world, like you got to grind, sweat equity, you got to work long hours. And I used to do that and got burned out. And then I changed my whole world and how I do things, especially in my mindset and how I see the world, how I'm going to do things. And I work half of what I used to do, still doing what I did before from a financial standpoint. And I'm way less stressed and I'm way more purposeful in my life. And it's also freed up my time now to spend more with my family and things that I love to do. And so that's one of the, the aspects that I take them through. And then I walk them through spiritual principles and truths. We talk about the RAS. We teach about how to reprogram it and go deep into that aspect of what you can do to How do you shift and really change your value system so that you can start to see things from a whole different window? Because once you start to see things differently, then all, because everything in life is perception, right? Or perspective, no matter, you can put 10 people in a line and have an event happen. You're gonna have 10 different stories of how that affected their life. But if we can shift perspective a little bit, you can see some of the beautiful things that can help you grow. Like, you know, I, I wrote a book called The Walk in the Dark, and it's all about how the darkness is actually your best friend, right? When normally a time when we think of trouble or hard times or something that's an obstacle or a challenge in life, the first instinct is we want to run away from it. We, we have the pain. It's uncomfortable. We don't want to go through that. But it's if I can shift perspective to embrace it, now all of a sudden, here comes beautiful wisdom that you're going to gain because the universe is always there to support you. So there's that kind of process that I take people through. So it's like a whole program that we go through. There's things on, you know, we talk about how to sharpen the mind and sharpen the focus of things because, again, focus is what creates your reality. And if we're not focused, distractions are going to come in more, which makes it harder for you to really attain what you want. So when you're laser focused, it's a lot easier, again, path of least resistance. And so it makes it easier to have success. And just to kind of share a couple of stories on that, when I had an, uh, an associate doc in my office, and I remember we were looking at our numbers and we we're just kind of hitting a little bit of a low. And I was like, okay. And he's like, what do we got to do? What do, and he's a younger doc. He's like, what do we got to do? What, what, what process do we have to go? What kind of marketing should we do? I said, not much. I feel limited. Let's just recenter. I think we've been a little distracted. I've been a little distracted. And let's just get refocused and everything will be good. And he's just like, I don't know. I said, well, let's see how the day goes. And then we'll talk about it at the end of the day. All of a sudden, at the end of the day, we have our meeting and my wife's like, because she works in the office with us, she's going, we had five patients called today, uh, new patients. Uh, we got them booked. We have two more. Uh, we got these here. They're scheduled these days, these days, and so forth. And he just looks at me. That was the first time. Then about two, three weeks later, we didn't get any new patients for the, mo- the week. And I was busy focused on a few other things. And I said, we just got to refocus as a team. We got refocused. 
And he's like, you sure this is going to work? I said, I don't know. I go, be honest. I don't really know. I, and he's like, then why do, you, why do you trust this? I said, because focus is what creates your reality. I go, what you put your energy to is what you're going to create. I said, we've been a little distracted. Let's get our energy retuned. I said, let's see how the morning goes. We'll see how the afternoon goes. We'll have a discussion. In the morning, we had two new patients call. In the afternoon, we had another two. He's like, how the hell are you doing this? And I said, it's not a doing, it's a centered in focusedness. I go, and I go, don't expect to get the result all the time. There's times it didn't show up either. But I was like, I go, it's just being centered and being focused and know what your intention is. I just sent an intention to the universe saying, I'm here. My door is open to help support more people who need help in this realm. And I just kind of nailed a couple of points. And I said, I leave it up to you, the universe. And if you bring them, if they're available, if they're needed, I'm here to serve. If not, then I'll just continue focusing on what I'm doing and work with my patients and love on them. And it'll all work out in the end. And it, and it has. That's how I built a, a referral practice base and uh, never really did. I have done marketing in the last year, but before that, we never did. It was always referral to just because, again, just focusing on who do I want to serve? Who do I want to love on? And it's just having that true intent and being in line with my vision and what I'm doing for myself, my life, and also my main purpose. And when you do that, you're in alignment. So your manifestation, your magnetic power, the pull things into your reality are a lot easier. I'm glad that you mentioned that because so many of us, I think we have some ideas, some what we think of as a vision for our lives, but we've not actually thought about it. So it's really kind of how do you get the action in the right direction? If you don't, if you're, I'm here, I'm there, I'm, I'm kind of bouncing around. I don't really have a you know, coherent vision for my life. Yeah. I mean, I was that guy too, who back then, I mean, I read 80 to 120 books a year. I was always learning new things. And I was always, if, if something sounded great, boom, I'm jumping on it. Let's go. Type A driver personality. I'm, I was all in, but, and I never really said no much either. Then when I started to get really principle-based on my vision and my, my outlook on life, that was, that, that changed everything because then I was like, some this opportunity comes or someone tells me, hey, there's this new product. It's a new technology really helping on cellular healing. You know, it's going to cost this much, but you'll make a lot of money off it. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. That's awesome. And I go, I'm in the technology for myself, for my own healing. But I was like, in my practice and the vision of what we do, that doesn't align with us. And so people thought I was crazy. But all of a sudden, when I, when I, the more times I said no, the more successful, the more energy I had now to support the ones who needed to come, who were in line with me, they have me as their doctor, open the door more to make that happen. And it was interesting because the more I kept doing this, which was hard for me to say, no, that's, a, that's an old, old life of mine being a people pleaser. But it was, it was one of those things where in that process, you, you, again, you're giving more, then you have more energy to do because the purpose of focus, and, and this is why we work on this in my group, my, my, my part of my program is that you only have a certain amount of energy that you can do every single day. You only have, a, and I don't mean that like, like physical energy. Well, there is that, but there's also mental energy, but I'm talking energy, all that together in attracting things and doing things. So when you look at that, you only have a certain amount. So if you're putting your mental energy to other things that are not going to support you and what you do or what your vision is and what you want, you're lessening that opportunity and what we call distractions because you're losing out on other areas to create that a reality. I like the way you you put that. It's, it's one of those moments that I have a lot <laughs> on the podcast where I'm like, I just need to go think about that. <laughs> it's it's a lot to chew, but when you really like, I you know, one of the things is we we practice a lot is meditation, and we go through a ton of different things. I practice breath work for a lot of different reasons, and I use a lot of neural hacks and, and things like that too. And for those who don't know, neural hacks are just ways of like how do you 
compound and how to shifting how the brain works, right? So like, for example, I always recommend breath work and then meditate, because if you really do good breath work, it puts your mind in a calm state. When you do that, you can go into your meditation a lot easier, right? Instead of trying to go from busy, 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 then go try to meditate. Even someone like myself has been meditating 14, 15 years. If I'm on the go doing stuff, and then all of a sudden I go and just sit in a peace room, I can get calm. It's just going to take me a little longer, right? But if I do breath work and then go meditate, I'm in that bliss state already. I call it bliss state or just that peace state. And from there, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm, I'm good now. So those are just some of the tips that we'll, we kind of share to help how to sharpen that mind so you can stay focused. Because really, at the end of the day, meditation is really just helping your brain and you to stay focused on what, the, what you're doing. Right. And again, you have to have that that overall vision so you know what to focus on. So you mentioned your book, A Walk in the Dark. You have another book, Rediscover Your Greatness. What's that one about? Yeah, Rediscover Your Greatness is really, really understanding who we really are and how we are a creator and creating our lives in all essence. So like in the first book, the first book, the first chapter I, I share about just that. I tell you, I walk you down how we are like in the self, we were created in the self-like image of God. So we are like that in a sense, that's the creating aspect. And then we talk about focus in the second chapter, and then we get into how words are your, your reality. So it's tidbits of how you're creating your entire life in that way. And the greatness is, is remembering coming back to knowing that you can change your reality. I mean, we're all spiritual alchemists at the end of the day, and we're always constantly changing things. And, and you can change it on an instant. It's just, you know, I used to always be told you can change like this. And I was always like, okay, I'll change like this. And then all of a sudden my reality, I go to the next day and I'm like, but nothing else changed. Everything's the same here but I'm different, but everything's different. Everything's still the same. And I realized that you can change instantly, but then you have to wait for space and time to go through to see it in your physical realm. But it's those things of how to understand a little bit of like how I said that when I was 12 years old, wanted to figure out what life was a little bit about. This book is a very, I could write a book on each chapter of that, that book, but it's one that just gets people a little interested. It's like a lot of seed planting to go read, to learn how to really just create a more inspired and fulfilled life from understanding laws of maybe the universal laws or spiritual laws, even neurology, I get a little bit in there to really help the individual understand who they really are and how you're literally creating your reality every single day. That sounds like a, a really great book. I'll have to check that out myself. And, you know, I love some of the things that you've mentioned, you know, about creating your own life and then how mastering yourself is really the source of power, because I find this comes up so much when I'm working with clients the way our brain works with what it means to to have power is so interesting is because that is your power, right? You can change yourself. You can master yourself. You can create your life. But we give that up to try and change circumstances or other people and change their lives. And then we're like, I don't have any power. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even just the distractions of life, right? Like look at during COVID there's so, and how it got so polarized to be political and this and that, right? There's a lot of emotions which are designed to be distractors. They're trying to grasp your attention. And if, if when you, you stay that centeredness and stay focused on the vision, on your purpose, on what really matters to you, there's things I teach. I talk about 
like your codes. I call them codes. My just the reason why I call them codes is because when before I got into chiropractic and all that, I was actually going to go into computer. So I just like it because you know codes are computer code is the way it's written. That's all it does. It doesn't go outside that. But you can call them core values. That's another name for them. What are things that you live by and you hold by and what's true to you? And when it comes to like again, this this kind of plays a role on being focused because when you know your core values and what matters most to you, then you won't let other things get in the way. There's certain like I won't ever get into an argument with someone when they like before I was just sharing data on stuff that was going on in the world, but I won't ever get into arguments anymore because it's just not worth my time. Like, you know, you can, or someone will say, Hey, I don't, I want you to prove this to me. I don't go here. I just, I shared it. You can go look it up. I just like, I can't, right. There's just, there's certain things that, what do you hold that's, that are your core values that are told to you that you live by and things along that nature. Like one code that I live by is I never give in and I never surrender. No matter what happens in my life, no matter how hard things get, I will never give in. I will never surrender. I'll never give in to my mind, you know, like, cause you have that inner critic in you. So we all have it and, and it's always there. I'll never give in to it no matter what. And I'll never surrender on my vision or my passion or the things that mean the most to me. So that's like one of them. And and that fits with with your vision and, and helps <laughs> yeah. with the focus. It it all I see how it all fits together. It is a code. It is. And and again, it's all about tying everything all together, right? So it's like, you know, like my vision is just to every person I work with is just to help raise their consciousness just a little higher than where they were before, so they can realize more of who they are. And then when I break that down into when I'm adjusting kiddos or adjusting in my office or my own mental health or my physical health or my marriage or my finances. Those are all aspects of my life that have to align to that or support that in some way, shape or form, or else I'm creating incongruencies or like a marketing principle says, a confused mind always says no. Well, the universe does the same thing. If you're not being congruent and giving a clear image and a clear message, it's not going to know what you want and what you're going to get may not be what you really intended on because of that. I love that. I've not heard that before. A confused mind always says no. Yeah, it's a marketing principle. It, you know, if, we, if a customer has confused, they don't know that what, what they they're going to say no because they don't know what what they're going to say yes to. So it's easy just to say no. And you know, it, it's interesting. You also hear a lot that confusion is a lie, and when that connected for me when you said that because you know if you don't know your vision and you don't know which way to go, then you say, "Oh, I'm confused." And then how can the universe give you what you really are looking for, right? It all, you know, another analogy for vision that I use a lot is I'll talk about GPS and I'll, I'll say that your vision is your GPS to go where you want to go, right? It just tells you the route. Now, you may be on that route and that may be the course where you're going to go, but there is things called life, right? Things just get in the way sometimes. And so you may have to take detours, but as long as you, you're using the GPS as what it's designed to do you're going to get there. It's going to happen. Just stay on the road or follow, trust what it's going to tell you. Because for me, type A person, I, I was more of a goal-oriented person where I was always setting goals, certain time frame. This is when we're going to hit it. I'll do all the work I can. And if I came short, I was like, I consider myself a failure. I, I was hard on myself. And it was very stressful. And so eventually I'm like, I'm doing something wrong here. So when I started looking at vision, I was like, you know what? Here's my long-term vision. And I started breaking it down by years. And I said, this is where I'm hoping I'm going to be. And that's it. I'm not going to fight anymore. So in my second book, A Walk in the Dark, I talk about how resistance is the number one cause of all suffering. And when you really think about that, because anytime you resist, you're creating more of the issue. And so like for me, it was like, all right, I'm just going to let go of the outcome. 
right? Humans love control. They hate uncertainty. And that's why like with everything going on in the pandemic, I was like, this is, this is going to sound bad. Cause I'm like, it's beautiful. And every, when I say that, they're like, what do you mean? People are dying. I'm like, I don't mean that. I mean the uncertainty part. Humans have now have to embrace uncertainty a little bit. They're going to have to learn how to be in one with that uncertainty, that flow of life, because we've created a life that's so controlled. Like you don't have to worry about it. You can wake up in the morning and go on with your day. I don't think you have to really worry about, unless depending where you live, a bear or, or nature or something going to possibly wipe you out. You're, you're going to live your normal life. And that comfort has built in. So when we, now when we have uncertainty, it, we just don't like that. Where in the past, when you lived with nature, there was a lot of uncertainty, things that could happen. And so you were always mindful, like, this is what I'm going to do. But I also, there's, there could be op- obstacles that can show up. I forgot my train of thought where I was going with that, but I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, uh, well, and that's a very good point, though. It we add that extra layer so many times to anxiety or, or, you know, when we're uncertain of it shouldn't be there. Like I shouldn't be anxious about this. And now I'm anxious about being anxious. And it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's because we're resisting it. We're not used to, you know, having being like, okay, this is fine. No, totally. And that's where coming back to the goal thing, right. And all that, it was one of those things where it's like, you just let go. And I had a coach tell me, he's like, you just got to trust the process. And I was like, I am trusting the process. He's like, no, no, no. You got to trust the entire process, like let go fully. And I was like, all right, fine. I won't pay attention to the numbers. I won't pay attention to this. I'm going to let go of that. I'm just going to wake up every day and focus on what I need to do every single morning. And I'm going to pick up my three tasks. And literally, I just did that for six months. I did not look at metrics. I just told my wife, make sure to let me know if anything's going worse then I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll plan, we'll work on it. But everything I'm going to plan is all for the future. And I'm just going to focus on that. And all of a sudden, six months later, I'm like, can I finally look at my numbers a little bit? He's like, you haven't looked at them in six months. I was like, well, you told me to trust the process. I'm going 100% in. He's like, he goes, your numbers are good. Your wife sends them to me. I was like, okay, good. Have I grown? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, that's all I need to know. I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And that became my formula. And I was like, wow, I'm way less stressed and everything's working out better. It's just amazing how that works. That is amazing. Great work. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it just comes back to the principles, right? What are you focusing on? What are the things I need to do every single day? I, you know, I talk a little bit about, you know, like what's the small things that you need to do? Like I studied a lot of millionaires and billionaires and it's it's amazing how they only focus on one to three things per day. That's it. That's, and that's their main goal for the day. Now there's other things that may show up if they have time for, but they're like, these are my main things that I need to accomplish for today. And once I get them done, then I'm, 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 I had a successful day. And so it was really hard for me to turn my head around because I was more of like, do, 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 get the task, more the better. And then I was like, okay, what are the big things I need to focus on for today? And this is kind of why I like one of my, my, my when I teach entrepreneurs and chiropractors is that, yeah, I'm going to help you make more money profit wise, but I'm also going to help you work less and have more time with family. And these are some of the things, because once you get real discipline on what you only need to focus on the big things, there's little things that come up. There's little fires as an entrepreneur, they're always going to show up, but it's those little, it's focusing on the big stuff is really gets the, the needle moving in the business and in your life to really huge, create those big changes. Exactly. And that's why people can find themselves in, in that situation where they're always busy, but they're not getting anything done. And I was that one person at one time. So I know how that goes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your podcast. 
Yeah, my podcast, it started a little over three years ago. It's called The Mindful Experiment. It is everything and anything that relates to the mind. So it's very universal. It covers broad topics. We have, we can sometimes have people where we're getting into neuroscience and mindset and this and that. I've had business entrepreneurs on there. I've had people come on who talked about how to be a great self-publisher. I've had real estate agents tell me the mindset of me. It's anything that relates to life. I even had people on there at one time, Someone messaged me and they're like, you had someone on talking about sex and this and intimacy. And I was like, hey, it's part of life. There I go. I had, again, keeping an open mind, but there was great things that came out of there to how it can shift us. Because the whole purpose of the, the podcast is to how do we understand more of our mind and life so that we can understand the infinite possibilities that we have within us. And so that's kind of where it all came from. My podcast, I do two episodes a week right now. I do one with me, about 10, 15 minutes. It's a quick one. Usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday, it gets released. And then every Friday, we have an inter- we interview someone that goes out. And so it's been great. I always tell people, like, I only did this for selfish reasons. And I like to be very transparent on this because sometimes people ask, like, why did you create a podcast? I just wanted to have conversations with people that I normally would have never met in person because I wouldn't have any connections to it. So now I could pick their brain. I can learn something new. And at the same token, the listeners win in that also by learning something from it. Yeah, it sounds it sounds great that uh, uh, seeing how mindset plays into all those different topics is is really fascinating for me, at least. <laughs> it is. I mean, I even had like a guy who's uh, you ever see the movie Hitch? Yes. Yeah. So I had, I've got, to, I got to interview someone who's hitch in real life. I, I, I didn't know they, I mean, I, I always thought they existed, but I just never would meet them. And eventually I did. And I was like, I have to have you on. And he's like, I want to know, I want to get into the mind of what is it like for a single man and this and that, what's the approach, what's the mindset? Cause there is a mindset there. And just like, even with intimacy and stuff, there's a mindset to that. Like, how do you approach it? How do you stay open-minded with certain things? And, and it was more about liberating yourself rather than getting to all the other stuff with that. And so there, it was interesting to have, if I was more closed-minded, I wouldn't, I wouldn't missed out on some of that big mindset stuff aspects to it, where even I was like, oh, it's just looking at it from this perspective or wow, you do that. And it's just, it's just different in certain realms. So I try to try to get as much as I can. Like we've had, again, like I said, we've had wealth advisors on there. I had one of the number one business broker in the United States on there. And it was great to pick his brain and just help entrepreneurs, right? Because a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur, you never think of exit strategy. I wasn't taught that when I first, when I was going to become a chiropractor and run my own business, no one told me to have an exit strategy. I heard about it, but no one taught me the importance of it until like, you know, after three, four years later, I was kind of like, oh, I have to have an exit strategy just for the heck of it. So then I know how to build the value of my business just in case. So it was one of those things. So again, just different ways of how we look at life and, and so forth. And learning, like you said, how life works. (laughs) Well, again, and it aligns to my vision, right? While raising the consciousness levels. Well, doing that helps me raise my consciousness level up a little more to certain aspects so I can be more whole as a human being. And then it's the same thing, the same token or the same time, the listeners are having the same effect with that. Right. And good a good way to practice curiosity and then realize, (laughs) hey, there's there's so much that I didn't know. So. You've got the two books, the podcast. Somebody is just like, they really want more. They need more Dr. Vic. What are other ways they can connect with you? So you can go to my website, empoweryourrally.com. When you go there um, on the top left or at the bottom, there's a link and some buttons where you can get the first three chapters of A Walk in the Dark for free. 
All you have to do is just put in your information and you'll get the book automatically uh, or the three chapters of it. Then you can catch me. All my social handles are there. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. Uh, those are the main four that I'm on where I'm sharing content and little tidbits and stuff that can help just, you know, again, raise the consciousness in some way, shape or form to help you realize who you really are, the power of who you really are, because, you know, in today's world right now, we need more of our own light shining and our own strengths imprinted on this world. And so that's kind of one of my visions. Big visions is to kind of help with create that and then also end mental suffering. That's why I wrote the book, The Walk in the Dark, because the whole purpose of that is to hopefully end mental suffering. Once you realize resistance causes all things, that's just one of the chapters, but I walk you through a lot of other things in it, but it's to kind of help in that process. So that's how you can get a hold of me. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for your time today. I feel like you really said a lot of things that I know I need to go ponder. So I know the listeners are going to need to let it sink in and then they're going to want to connect with you in more ways. So thank you for, for sharing and for your time today. This was an honor. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for all that you do. Appreciate you. Thank you. And like I said, everyone who you enjoyed what you heard today, check out the show notes. There will be links for, so you can connect with Dr. Vic and, and learn more and get out there and live more vibrantly. 